Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Is It Just Me, the podcast where we debate all the important nonsense going around in our heads this week. Did you miss us? Have you missed us this week? It's me, Joe Elvin, and you. Hello, it's James Williams. Hi there. Hi, Joe. I like your mic stand. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, I invested the it's seven really pounds on standing Amazon. to attention <laughs> right at your face there. So I'm determined yeah. to get my seven pounds worth out of it now. <laughs> I might even like splash out and get two more so the guests and you can have one. Do I owe you three pounds fifty? No, I think you're, you're good for it. Don't worry. Is that As long as that's not my birthday present. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like I just saw you yesterday because in real time I did just see you yesterday. Yeah, obviously. yeah, yeah. We're weeks apart in terms of the show but um anyway nice to see you as always well and great to be here and thank you we've got we're joined by a media legend today (laughs) i mean and that is that is not overstating it she has 20 years plus as a career as a writer an author a broadcaster and now she's also a podcaster herself it's my colleague from the mail on sunday it's liz jones hello i've never been called a legend before i've been called lots of things (laughs) i don't think that can possibly be true that can't be true in all seriousness of liz you've you've taken a lot of heat in your years haven't you so i mean yes i mean i was just thinking about twitter yesterday because of what's been going on in the news Mm. and on twitter even people i thought were friends call me nana (laughs) because they think i'm so old Um, First of all, the congratulations on your 20th anniversary at You Magazine as a columnist, which is actually amazing. It's flown past. It, well, it, it has. It really, I mean, 20 years has gone. I mean, I, I remember what I was doing I've, 20 years I've ago like it was yesterday. <laughs> I've been in this country 28 years and it does not feel like that no. at all. It's so strange. But anyway, it? own it, Liz. Congratulations. Yeah, thank it's you. brilliant. Because not many people, you, I mean, you've probably seen lots of people come and go in your time. Yes. Um, I think people She's think seen it's them easier. All <laughs> yeah. Than it looks. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you have to be compulsive. You've got to be funny. You've got to have a voice. So th- I think the key is that if you read something, you'll always know who it is who's writing it. That's mm. that's the key. You've got to have a voice. Yeah. And you've got to be... I started off being very thin-skinned and I used to cry. And But I'm sort of quite thick-skinned now. I'm a bit like a rhino. Yeah. I wonder what it would have been like for you starting in the age of social media. Do you ever think about that? Do you think you would have approached yes, it differently? Yes, because... Before 
before the internet, I would file my column to You magazine and my boyfriend or then the husband would say, have you written anything about me this week? And I'd say, no, what made you think? So you could lie and you could hide <laughs> things. You could lie about your age. You could lie about everything. But now you know you're going to be found out. So that's the biggest, biggest God damn Google. Yeah, those <laughs> nerds in California have a lot to answer. They've ruined our fun. All they, all they wanted to do was meet hot chicks. What happened? <laughs> that is, that's basically Mark Zuckerberg. We're all in this place now because Mark wanted to pervert girls. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. But <laughs> being a bit serious, though, Jim, you've never been scared of saying how you feel, right, and expressing an opinion. Um, but how do you feel now? Because I guess, you know, you can't help but feel that, especially Twitter, I think, has become quite an angry place, hasn't it? And now anyone can be a keyboard warrior, so to speak. And anyone that's got basically a very harsh thing to say can just say it. How do you feel? Because I, I, I definitely feel there's clearly a big difference between just a random doing that on Twitter and somebody who's got 20 years of experience behind them with a you know life experience and something to say from a Yes, a but I'm, place. I'm never really harsh about anyone other than myself, Yourself, really. Exactly. Um, and I think that's the difference. Yeah. And I, I think by being harsh on yourself, readers look at themselves and say, oh, I went through that. I think I'm too fat. I'm not thin enough. I don't have the right clothes. My boyfriend's cheating on me. So really, through I'm being harsh on myself. I'm not being harsh on anyone else, well, apart from David. But well, anyway, I was say, we'll skim over you, that. You are quite fearless, um, because, you know, having been in this job now a couple of years and getting to know you, it's all true. It's not exaggerated. It's, no. all, you, it's all sort of like warts and all Liz's life. And I, I don't know how you... Did you always stay brave that with though, that? Liz? Because I, mean, well, I think I a lot of the time people try to whitewash their own sort of life, make it fabulous in their sort of Instagram age. People try to make their life a lot better than it is. I think what makes your column brilliant is the fact that it's not perfect and it is yeah. very human. It's, it's relatable. It's kind of weird that you asked me that because 20 years ago, the very co first column when I was stood up on Millennium Eve, oh. when 1999 became 2000. So I was very harsh on myself and I was very real. And the reason I sort of hit the ground running was because I'd been an editor for 10 years before that, editing columns. And the columnists used to drive me mad. I used to phone <laughs> them up and I'd say, well, what's the name of your husband? Did, did you, you know, can you not give us a bit more? They'd never give me enough. It was like getting blood out of a stone. They would not betray anyone. They wouldn't, there was one columnist, the most interesting thing in her life, she wouldn't talk about. Yeah. Another columnist, her husband turned out to be gay. She wouldn't talk about it. So because I'd been an editor in Joe's position, I knew how frustrating writers can be and how difficult and how lazy. Yeah. You know, so I thought I'm not going to be like that. This is what I want from a column when I was editing it, when I was a reader. And I feel they betrayed the readers because they didn't tell them the most embarrassing awful things that were going on they kept it to themselves yeah well i think i think there's this idea so don't take the money no don't be a well yeah i think there's yeah. this idea isn't it like, i think if you, if you ask most writers journalists a column is that holy grail isn't it i think there is just it, it's or once you've got that you've got it made it's regular income so obviously if you're a freelance journalist but you are right it, it, i think uh, people almost feel like oh once you've got the job that's the finish line and it's actually not because you've got no, to keep really that hard. interesting yeah. you've got to keep it engaging you've got to make it you know original every week my editor's letter nearly kills me every week. it's like 200 <laughs> well, words that's the closest <laughs> th that's the closest thing i've 
had actually because I remember yeah. your you, oh my god what am I going to write about yeah, this yeah, week yeah. Um, and that was once a month yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my so, god no, I, I remember when the whole Julie Myerson scandal erupted when she was writing about her son's drug addiction oh, yeah. and I went on Radio 4 and was interviewed by Sarah Montague and she said oh Liz isn't writing me 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 the easiest thing in the world it's not the easiest thing in the world it's the hardest thing in the world it would be quite easy and I've written this it would be quite easy for me to write a column about how I loaded the dishwasher or how I love Topshop or isn't London lovely in winter I could write that with my <laughs> eyes I'll be honest with you though if you wrote a column about how to load the dishwasher I think I, it, there would be vitriol coming at you there would, there, everyone's got a strong opinion on it's that it's very divisive loading yeah. the dishwasher yeah um but but also, Liz, I mean, obviously, it's not just about the column. Obviously, you've done 20 years on that. But I mean, you're probably busier than you've ever been, right? Now, now you've got the podcast. I've got the podcast. Tell us about which... that. Are you enjoying it? I am enjoying it. The podcast, welcome I, to... the podcast welcome... I made, Liz, too. <laughs> yeah, you've got no choice. Yeah. So you're loving it right now, Liz. <laughs> but it's quite weird because I'm doing the podcast with my assistant, Nick, who's like my best friend. And she's worked for me for 12 years now through thick times and thin times. And... When you're a writer, you don't talk to anyone. You sit at home and I just talk to my colleagues and that's it. So it's after I've been <laughs> Sorry, talking to her for the podcast. Colleagues, the dog, not colleagues. Yeah, colleagues. Or colleagues. I have colleagues, not colleagues. After I've been talking to her for about two hours and we edit that down, I'm exhausted because I'm not used to talking to people. No and one also, talks to me. You are that classic. You're a quite. You're an extrovert. You're an introverted extrovert. It's one of those. You're an extroverted introvert. So you've got that public persona. Yes, but, but I'm need, very you, introvert. You yeah. need your quiet downtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would imagine it's like brain training a dog. You know, where's this going? Well, have you never heard about that, those things? You, you give a dog like one of those games. They've got to really work to get the treats out of it. It's more exhausting than taking them for an hour's walk. Are you going to offend, offend my staff? No, I was going to say the. I don't do that to my dogs. Oh, don't you? Oh, it's very good. That sounds a bit mean. No, it's it's great. It's good to sort of stimulate their brain. But what I'm saying is, for somebody who basically has spent not very much time having to talk to people, I can imagine because we've joked about this. We love doing the show and making the podcast. But I think one day, Joe and I, we did three in one day, and by the end of it, we were like, we can't do that ever again because you know it is. It's actually quite tiring trying to be chatting. This is why I don't want to live with a man because you have to keep talking to them. <laughs> and when yes, they're I'm talking to you, that you have to arrange your face like you're interested. And I'm just not interested. I'd be reading my phone, you know. But you've got to find a husband like mine who <laughs> we're so comfortable in each other's silences to the point where I've mentioned this the other day. When we go out for dinner, I have to really make an effort because we're quite happy to sit there and not talk to each other. It's not a damning indictment of our it's marriage. It's not a bad thing. But I'm really feeling like everyone around us is judging us if we don't I've look always like we're said interacting. It's the ultimate compliment you can pay to a true friend or relative, comfortable in silence. It's a real, you know, it's like win. But I you, think. you and Nick on the podcast, it's it's a revelation. If you haven't listened to it, it's Liz Jones's <laughs> diary. And it's, it, honestly, they're so funny. It's It's Liz going over her current column a classic column and Nick just giving it to you with both barrels at every opportunity. <laughs> it really, she's, you know, she doesn't mind having an opinion now, Nick. Well, yeah. you need that in a friend. Yeah. 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 Well, also, even though she works for me, um, I do, she's a bit like a husband, really. <laughs> it's that I do run things past her and I do ask her advice. And I have to say, with all my turbulent years, and if you go back through the archive of the column, you'll see what's happened. She stuck by me when my family didn't, a boyfriend didn't. So she stuck by me. 
So I think that's quite rare in a person, really. Yeah. So I do really love her. Yeah, it's And amazing. it's good that you're having fun. Because it is fun making a no, podcast. No, we have a laugh, yeah. yes. And then on top of that, you've also got a new book coming as well. Yes, I'm quite frightened about that. Why? <laughs> well, no, but I think this is uh, every author I've heard recently who's on the promo tour says the exact same thing. Even if you've had 10 books or no books published. No, it's terrifying. It's the same anxiety, I think. It's like, you know, you know first night nerves, But I think it? you just need to remember, I mean, you see the emails you get to your website. I see the emails I get for you to us. I think there's such a swell of... Uh, there's such a fan base out there well I've got lots of readers rooting for me yeah. and they keep emailing me saying it's going to be your year it's going to be your year and I've had my first review which was emailed to me so that was amazing so that's fantastic and it was by someone Phew. I really admire yeah. okay good um, but I didn't pay her and she's not my friend <laughs> um, <laughs> so but it's absolutely terrifying and this is my first novel so I've never written a novel before so it's very different writing a novel to writing journalism yeah. or writing a column and that's coming out in May is that May right? May the 14th May yeah. the 14th May the 14th be with you um, yeah. and what's the name of the novel? Eight and a Half Stone Eight and a Half Stone and because when I was growing up I used to have this diary and at the end of all these different weeks I would be eight and a half stone. That was my dream weight to get to. And I thought when I got to eight and a half stone, I'd be happy, I'd have a boyfriend, I'd have lovely clothes, I'd, you know, I'd have a fantastic life. But of course that doesn't happen because you think that's when your life is going to start. Yeah. And I think a lot of women do that, you know, when I've got a lovely house or yeah. when I've got a lovely boyfriend everything will be fine. Well, you just shift the goalposts, don't you? That's what I think it tends mean, to happen. You always think, oh, yeah. yeah when you're the, never satisfied. No, you're never, yeah, it's true. We're going to get on to this, yeah. But, but yeah, I've got lots of things to say about this. Absolutely. Which well, but yeah. so basically check out Liz's uh, podcast, Liz Jones Diary, available wherever you're listening to Is It Just Me right now. And buy You Magazine. And buy You Magazine. Yeah. Obviously, buy You Magazine for uh, Liz's column yeah. and look out for her novel coming in May. But, um, but Liz, I know you were born ready for the next part of the show, which is basically debating some very serious have topics. Have you got opinions, Liz? <laughs> <laughs> Can you just find some opinions yeah. just for this show, please, Liz? I'll try. <laughs> Let's do it. Right, first up this week, Joelle and Liz Jones. Is it just me who has, and I'm quite proud to say this, Groundhog Weekends. Now, when I say that... <laughs> yeah, elaborate. I am basically mean, you know, inspired by the, the, the classic film, uh, I feel like basically one weekend for me, when I go into work now <laughs> on a Monday or a Tuesday, people go, how was your weekend? I'm going, it's really not going to be as exciting I as you think. I hate that question. I know, because it was basically so boring and it was pretty much identical to last weekend. Uh, I and feel also like I've people ask and no one actually cares how your weekend was. <laughs> no it is one, one of those questions I feel like people say it and that you can tell they've already checked out the second yeah. they've said it. They're not actually listening to the I never answer. ask anyone because I genuinely don't care <laughs> and I don't want you. I don't want to tell you about mine. Yeah. <laughs> you don't care about yours enough. No. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, but, but the weird thing is I think um, – Last weekend's a very good example whereby I think because the weather's been so awful, we've had Storm Kira, Storm Dennis, and I, I thought, oh, you know, it's almost like you've got the built-in excuse to do nothing, right? To go nowhere and do anything. And I thought, no, no, you know, you go out there, grab the world by the do, balls. Do you know what I did during Storm Dennis? <laughs> Went to fucking fashion shows all day. <laughs> well, oh, my God. That good was, for you. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I mean honestly, they I could bet. start so early in the morning. I know. Oh, oh didn't, didn't I look cute by 11 o'clock with my drowned rat hair? I'm impressed. <laughs> I could barely get to my recycling bin. Oh. I was, that, that was traumatic enough for me. I was oh. like, no, I can't even go there. Uh, but I had this moment where 
a friend of mine said, we're going to go out, out. You know that new expression that sends the fear of God into you when people say, are we going to go out, out? I can't be friends with people who say that. And I was like, do you know what? I should try and embrace this idea. And even while I was sending the message going, what's the plan? And by the the time they'd sent me back the itinerary of what was planned, I was like, there's no way I can do this. I literally got anxiety immediately. The idea of going to a bar in East London, then to a club, then to an after hours club. I was like, no. Who no. are these people? <laughs> They're my friends. Ugh. I need to rethink them, don't I? But um, but no, but the, I guess the truth is I don't feel bad about it anymore. I think there was a period where I felt this need to like be slightly embarrassed about the fact that I spent most weekends just sitting on the sofa with my dog or, or going oh. for a dog walk or Heaven. cooking. I, Heaven. I spend Sunday hiding. Sunday <laughs> is, is when I published and I know the fallout is going to be extreme. So Sundays have turned... I'm. I can barely turn my phone on. <gasps> so I'm just spent the whole day worried about who's the email being. For, Fallout from who? But, well, from anyone I've written about. Yeah, so it yeah, could yeah. Be a relative or a boyfriend or Meghan Markle. Yeah. It's that stress of people reading what you've written. Because when I write something and press send, I just pretend no one's going to read it. But on Sunday, I know people have read it and I get lots of emails and texts. and Yeah. So Sundays almost become like, I used to always think that Sundays were synonymous with like, oh God, it's school tomorrow, I haven't done my homework. You know, that fear yeah. of dread. And so you've probably got that slight yeah. feeling about Sunday that yeah. you has ha- used to have as a yeah. kid. No, it's awful. And Saturday, I'm sort of on tenterhooks in case Meghan Markle leaves the house or the D- Duchess of Cambridge leaves the house. I just wish they'd stay at home and then I'd get a day off. <laughs> yes, because you probably often get calls from the paper. Often I, get calls I, on I, Saturday. It, it happens to me on occasion and on occasion I might have to bang out 400 words on something but very very rarely on a Saturday so you have reverse weekends basically yeah. where Liz, the, yeah. the weekends actually a, a knot of anxiety if I survive until Monday Mondays are like yes yeah so it's completely <laughs> changed for me but you see I've got horses so weekends are all about mucking out poo picking grooming soaking hay now I am fascinated and, and what about the horses yeah <laughs> Sorry, I am fascinated by this because you know, obviously, there's a lot of belief that horses are a very calming influence, isn't there? There's a whole therapy behind it, like equine therapy. And do you believe in that? Has it made you a well? You see, I'm very against people. This is quite controversial view, really, but I'm very against people using animals for their own benefits. So you use a horse to make yourself feel calmer. My job is to make the horse feel calmer. It's not about I me. Do, right. I've spoken about this before. I do worry about this onslaught of people taking dogs on planes and think the dogs you know, are not going to like it. Friend, uh, somebody, not a friend of mine, somebody, somebody I sort of like have known has told me, you know, like laughingly that after a flight to Chicago, her dog peed for like minutes, minutes, minutes at a time, and I thought it was because it was too nervous to yeah. do it during the flight. And I think that's not right. That's yeah. We anyway. live in a world of emotional. Where, that got really serious. No, but, sudden, but, no, yeah. but you're right. The yeah. emotional support peacock. Do you remember yeah. that, that man that yeah. took the peacock on the on the plane? Yeah. Um, and also horses. My, my parents have got horses, and they've all got completely different personalities. Some of them are really gorgeous and lovely and placid. They've got one who I'm sorry is an asshole. <laughs> and I'm scared I used of to it. have a pony like that. Oh. Yeah. She used to just reverse into me yeah. and try and corner me. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's that's I think the one. Anyone yeah. that's read a Jilly Cooper book knows that horses yeah. can be assholes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they are lovely though. But expensive, yeah. Liz. Yeah, they're expensive. No wonder you've got to keep working so hard you to keep have, them. You have to worry about them. Um, How many do you have? 
Well, I've only got two now right. because the really naughty one died. Oh. They, 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 they get ill really easily and like all those sorts of things. You've got to really, really look after them properly. Like oh, textbook. Is, is it yeah. just you looking after them? And Nick as well. Yeah. Yeah, she's got two horses as well. And were you brought up with horses? Was it something that... No, I was just a mad pony book reading child who never got a pony. And <laughs> every year I entered the WH Smith Writer Short Story Competition to win a pony. And I never won it. So I still can't go in WH Smith. Oh, I, I love that the prize was a pony. And sort of Amazing. Did, and it's, did the winner live on some Glasgow estate yeah. in a tower block? <laughs> Here it is. Yeah. But what I liked it though is you went out there and you got your own ponies, Liz. I got my own ponies. You know, yeah. so that's something she said. So yeah, anyway, so we're Groundhog uh, weekends, yes, I'm all about them. Yeah, well, Sunday, your... Sunday's laundry day. Sunday's yes. changing the sheets oh. days, and I it's it is my therapy. Just feeling that sense of order. Do you not have a cleaner? I do have a cleaner, <laughs> but I'm funny about my sheets, and the cleaner can't do everything. It, they just can't. So I need. It, it, I like a bit of that sort of like that simple task. life admin it just yeah. yeah there's something quite comforting something about yeah. just doing something quite because mundane the, w- the week is breakneck of you know loads and loads of things to do and i so i not everyone loves doing the laundry but i find it really calming <laughs> i just do are you yeah. one of life's ironers no no that's God, no. No. no my mum used to iron flannels Oh. Towels. Yeah. My grandmother Nickers. was like that. She ironed yeah. everything. Anything that wasn't moving, she ironed it. I, mean, I don't know about you, but Sundays, my mum, my grand, that was an ironing day. I mean, talk about a terrible... I mean, God, we've given Sundays a terrible rap, haven't no, we? No, I mean, that is like really... In my house as well, the iron is downstairs and away from everybody so that would be like being the scullery maid <laughs> cut off from the rest of the house my so, eye, yeah. actually my yeah. eye is in a very high re- yeah. to reach ca- ca- cupboard that I never touch yeah it's, it's also one of these I feel like I should have as a grown up but I never use it I mean I should have ironed this today oh, but no, I, I just couldn't simply not be asked <laughs> so you know I just think I'm sitting down most of the day so yeah um, but if you are sat there listening to us going oh gosh you bunch of boring old farts uh, you need to embrace we a more varied weekend uh, do you get into touch with us let us know what you think about the show uh the email address for the show is uh is it just me podcast at gmail.com we love hearing from you we do listen we do listen we do read every email i promise so yeah get in touch and with um some suggestions of topics and any guests you'd like to see on the show i'm going skiing next weekend oh my <laughs> oh no that's a bit i've of never a... been skiing before and i plan to go skiing and not ski but still <laughs> let the record show i am going skiing there's going to be a lot of après ski i reckon yeah. elvin does yeah. the hotel have a spa it's someone's actual chalet Oh wow! You're posh, oh, look at, mate. I like, I like how disappointed this looks with that. I'm <laughs> quite, like, I'm quite intrigued. There's I love no nose spa. <laughs> I don't like staying in other people's. Oh, houses. I'm gonna, pret- I'm gonna pretend to be a rich person for two whole days. Can't wait. Yeah. Well, my is it just me? Is, is it just me who's had a diet epiphany? Ooh. Well, I need to hear more about this. I just really like the word epiphany. I do. It's a great yeah. word, isn't yeah. it? Well, I this is the sort of theme of my novel, really not wanting to sort of plug it too much. I'll go for it. Fill, fill <laughs> your boots. Um, That's what we're here yeah, for, Liz. Yeah. It's all about how women hate their bodies and try and change themselves, but when they find they've changed themselves, they still hate themselves as life still isn't perfect. So when I was eleven, um, I remember what triggered my anorexia. It was my sister pointing at my marmalade on toast and saying, do you know how many calories in, are in that? God. So this was sort of the 70s and there were calorie counters on sale in Boots and 19 magazine had calorie counters. So I thought, oh, 
this is a new hobby. This is something I'm going to be really, really good at because I wasn't really good at anything else. So that's when it started. Mm. This trigger went off in my brain. And even though now I'm very careful to force myself to eat and to eat properly, I don't eat when I'm stressed. If I'm stressed, I can't eat. I still know what I ate yesterday and I know what I'm going to eat today and I know what I'm going to eat tomorrow. So it kind of never leaves you. So my feeling and hope really is that girls don't ever switch that switch and start thinking about food because once you start thinking about it I think yeah you never stop a lot of the problem with girls I think is that it's you've you've obviously got all the weight of the patriarchy and all the weight of those visual expectations and I think girls tend to mature faster and have that perfectionist gene in a lot more of a, a an obsessive way and I think that's what it sounds like to me. You, you're, you're a perfectionist and, you've, and, and it found a, a misfire in, yeah. in, in that, yeah. you know, what you call All my a hobby. energy went into yeah. not eating. Yeah. Um, and I got incredibly good at not eating and my parents couldn't do it. You know, people say, why don't the parents do this? They were powerless. Mm. When I became anorexic, it didn't even have a name. I'd never yeah. heard of any. Yeah. I thought I was the only person in the world who did it. But I thought I invented it. But I think you are right, though, Liz, in the sense that I think anyone that's had an eating disorder, you it's a bit like, I think, depression or anything. It, 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 you can recover, but it's about managing it. You'll yes. never be cured. No, you'll never be cured. And it's something that, so like what you yeah. said, of course, you will always it's, have it's that. It's like anything like yeah. that, isn't it? It's like alcoholism. It's a mental yeah. issue. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think that's just the way it is you just have to be honest about that and I think this idea that you recover well you know you're in recovery I guess is, is a better way of saying it but no you'll never I don't think you can ever be totally relaxed about the issue yeah. of food but then I would also argue that you know then I, I, I don't think I know one person that doesn't have a weird well, foible about when food you, when you were talking earlier about that goal of you know if I'm eight and a half stone then my whole life will open up and I mean it, it breaks my heart because the irony being I, I was eight and a half stone, sometimes eight stone, no matter what I did as a kid. And I was bullied for being incredibly skinny. Um, and I, I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. And I know that my weight at the time would have been seen as some sort of cultural ideal. I looked like a boy. I was scrawny. I, do you know what I mean? It was like, and, and so I was in that prison as well. And it, it's and uh, you know and it is that thing where people have very difficult time being sympathetic for a thin person but we're all in the same thing where we're all measuring ourselves up against some fantasy ideal it's so yeah. strange yeah. yeah no and you saying very rightly there it's not change when i was about 1920 I was admitted to St Bart's and the treatment there was force feeding oh my god and i over christmas had a friend stay with me and when she got back home, these care workers turned up at her house. She was in the bath and put her into care and she's been sectioned. And the treatment she's been emailing me is exactly the same. Really? Wow. All those years, what, however, 40 years later. You know, my, my daughter, who's nearly 15 and, and her friends reject all of that diet culture. Yeah. They re- I mean, and I hope that stays. I, I don't know. I don't know as they get to the age where they want to attract boys or I, I don't know what that's going to be like. You can only just pray and hope and keep that dialogue open and try to keep any of your 
body phobias, yeah. which we all have. I kind of, I, I don't d- discuss yeah, I them think, at home. I think it has to change at the top. Yeah. So for me, I looked to Vogue and I wanted to be like the people in Vogue. And I, if I saw someone eating a watermelon on the cover of Vogue, I'd go and buy a watermelon and I'd eat it. But having just gone to London Fashion Week, which is a couple of days ago, I felt there was a change, not mm. just about sustainability, but about... Shorter models, bigger models. Older models. Yeah. Older models. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it has to come from the top yeah. as well as parents, family, schools. I think the fashion industry, I, I felt a change this weekend. Yeah. It felt more caring. That people weren't as nasty to you when you turned up and I don't know. Yeah. It's, the thing is, I think the problem is that you, we've been sold so many lies about the whole food industry and what is healthy and what's not healthy. And, and there's always some fad. And I think that what we've got to try and get out of is the notion of fads, food fads. It's, not, no, it's a, not complicated. A, a, another it's not thing difficult. that gives me hope is people like Jamila just being, yeah. you know, obsessively really calling out on the diet her, her observations and, yeah. about you know people like you know massive social media influencers selling yeah. gummy bear pills and all this sort of thing i think that her audience is young and they captive and they and they worship her yeah and i kind of think that it's it, it can only be a good thing really and also like you said Lizette, and i think with, and, and it's not necessarily always about weight it could be about the the money you earn or what you take home or you're getting that successful husband or boyfriend or girlfriend you set yourselves these goals and you think yeah if i have that oh it'll all be fine and it'll be you know um, daisies around the door and i'll be really really happy yeah. and it never happens you get to that point and yeah. it happens and then you still feel that sudden emptiness and i hate to say it we're just human beings you will always want to strive for more 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 i just think there's something and in you, most and of you can us. have a really shitty hour in an otherwise quite good day yeah. and i think it's about how you Re- reference your own definitions of what makes you happy. Yeah, and it's about. I've trying. got things I don't want to do yeah. today, but then I've also got things I do want to do. And I, it's like, I, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. The power of having a good word yourself. You always remember yourself. the bad review or the nasty yeah, comment. Yeah. You, do, yeah. you don't yeah. remember all the nice things. Yeah. 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 Well, I read somebody saying on uh, the other day, a psychologist saying it's just the way the human brain is programmed that we will always, always the one nasty comment versus ninety nine lovely ones will always because apparently the human brain is programmed to defend yourself and to make yourself. So it's, it's basically just totally normal. You just have to accept that's the way we all feel because I think sometimes we all feel like why do I feel this way well all humans will react the same way well that's when I I don't want to get too dark but when you know I had a few really nasty comments thrown at me on Saturday on the other day when I was speaking about Caroline Flack who I did know and it was it's been a really hard time and I thought I felt terrible after getting I think about 20 people telling me I was a bag of shite Mm. Imagine what it's like when being you're, a celebrity. I know when you're getting like tens of thousands of those. Yeah, and I think we really need to think about that. No, it is true. I don't know where we got here, but oh, yeah, you know, but, but no. Yeah. Hey, you know we, this podcast is we, like we do light and shade on this yeah, show, yeah, everyone. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but anyway, well, I think it was really interesting. And guys, if you uh, like what you're hearing or don't like what you're hearing, do let us know. Like I said, we love hearing from you. Drop us an email at uh, is it just me podcast at gmail dot com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm doing another one because I know for a fact, although actually I, I love Liz Jones now because I've realized I found a kindred spirit because I know it's not just me that likes to hoover occasionally outside. That's the drop. <laughs> the I'll, pin st- I'll stop you there. <laughs> What's a Hoover? <laughs> you know, a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh yeah. Oh sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, Joe, you've been here long enough to know. <laughs> they call that in Australia. Uh, yeah. No, I no, I say this. I haven't Hoovered outside in a while. Not since the summer. God, do I now sound like a total lunatic? But what do you hoover? My decking, because I've got that kind of you know that decking that you, no matter how many times I try to brush it, I can't quite this get the brush to work. Mind. I know. So one day I just thought I'm just going to put the hoover on it, and it literally did it in seconds. And I was going, oh great! But I did have a moment of going, it's eight a.m. on a Saturday, and I'm hoovering outside. And I thought, if any of my neighbours look at me right now, they're going to go, I that guy's more crazy than I thought he was. Mine, mine is my front garden is a South London tableau full of like blown in Harry Bow papers and <laughs> empty uh, yeah, tenants check. cans and I just feel like I don't want to mess with nature you know yeah, I, I just the number of times I just stop seeing things like that because the minute I pick it up something else blows in it has a certain almost like Tracy MNS quality to the art quite quite, yeah, quite. absolutely yes yeah. Yeah. Um, no so Liz I'm not alone in this and am I you, you, you've hoovered outside no when I lived in London <laughs> which I still reminisce about. I had a patio garden. I used to hoover that. <laughs> and now I live in North Yorkshire. I hoover outside you, you my cottage. Hoover North Yorkshire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's keeping it clean. <laughs> One dust buster at a time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hoover outside and I hoover my doormat because it's always covered in straw and hay from the horses oh, yes. and fur and mud. And I hoover inside my Wellingtons <laughs> and I hoover my socks. Who? Well, Nothing like ma- rustic country living, eh? <laughs> she loves it. She's at one with nature. <gasps> uh, I feel like we're blowing the lid on this. Liz. I hoover my collie. Oh, well, your, your one dog of them doesn't like it, oh. but the other one really enjoys it. See, my that dog doesn't like the hair dryer, which is kind of, I guess, a similar thing. When he has to have a bath, he hates the hair dryer. I love the idea of your dog. <laughs> I think puts a new perspective on all those people that go to A and and go, no, honestly, nurse. Yeah. I fell on it. I fell on it. I didn't know that dogs are into that as well. I do have that yeah. moment where I go, you know, sometimes you're hoovering and, you know, something really basic like a crumb on a carpet will not come up. Oh, I know. But yet somehow you literally barely go past a wire. And before yeah. you know, the wire is all tangled up in the hoover. Like, how the fuck did you su- do you suck up the wire, but not the crumb on them? Is it just me, my hoover? No, no, no. That is maddening. Yeah. Why are yeah. you putting crumbs on the floor? That's I- what I- <laughs> so this is like what what on earth yeah. you where you, this pigsty you're living in. Um, yeah. In all, a, a serious question of you, Liz. Do you miss London life? Every moment of every day. <laughs> really? Like I got here yesterday and I'm in the taxi and I'm like, 
I love London. I love London. But do you think it's the rose-tinted version of London you have in your head? No, or? I remember it, it's all your memories are held in buildings, and I think yeah. that's where I used to go for lunch when I was on the Sunday Times with my best friend, and that's where I went and had my hair done at Malton Brown. It's the first time I had colour on my hair. And every street has a memory, and it's your home. So anyone who's thinking of downsizing and going to live a bucolic life in the countryside I just tell them not to <laughs> I just I mean I, I would I, I would miss desperately living in a city yeah I know that but this morning when I'm struggling to get to work on the circle line and it just took over an hour to get from Victoria to do you know what I mean you just yeah. think oh man but, I hate but then, London I guess now you've got that relationship where you can come in and just enjoy London because you're not exposed to it every day you're not doing the daily grind the commute from hell well, I used to love the daily grind I mean I used to drive to this building for about five years at 4.30 in the morning because it was an evening paper and we started work at about five. Mm. And all the streets were quiet and being cleaned and it was just beautiful. So people forget how beautiful it is. You have to look at it from a different That's angle. true, actually. Always look up in London, I always say. You forget, actually, it's actually there's some lovely buildings. Well, get people... a driver. I'm still, I'm, I need to work harder and get to <laughs> the that chauffeur. stage in my career. It's never going to happen. I really thought when I became editor at Glamour that I would get a driver because in America, <laughs> all the Condé Nast editors had drivers and that was, that, that, that was Aspiration it. was very yeah, swiftly slapped go out to of me. The fashion shows, <laughs> yeah. you have a town car, yeah, and for a week, yeah, <laughs> that's it. You're wearing these difficult shoes, and they drop you at the pavement, and then there's some cobbles, and you're like, "You expect me to go across <laughs> yeah, those yeah, yeah. cobbles?" Yes. You, you all turn to... into Mariah Carey. You're like, we do. "I don't do cobbles. We do. I don't do cobbles." <laughs> yeah, no, you can't do it. So you get incredibly spoiled when you're when you're a glossy editor. Incredibly spoiled, and it's quite hard to go back to real life where you don't have a driver and you have to walk on cobbles. When I, I this is not a very nice thing to admit, but I'm going to tell you that when um, I was made redundant from Glamour, not the first thought, but one of my first thoughts was. Oh my god! What if I can't get my hair discount? Oh my god! It was like, and it's just like <laughs> you hey, just—it's the small things in life that make a big difference. Oh my god! I'm such a princess. No. You're so spoilt. The number of times I was spoilt when I was editor of Marie Claire. Would you like to go and stay in Ian Fleming's house in Jamaica? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Casual. Would you like to go on a yacht round Capri? Yeah, okay. It's changed a bit since then, Liz. <laughs> yeah, unless unless I'm just the only one not being invited to <laughs> Golden Eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone else there having a great time. But to give it balance, then, Liz, what would you say is the one thing you love about where you live versus London? And on the flip side, what's the one thing you really miss about London, living where you live? What do I love about? Um, I guess because I've got three border collies and they're very hyperactive, I love taking them up on the moor and looking at the view. Um, so I'm very into hiking. There must be some sexy strapping farmers up there. Oh, no, they all hate me, the farmers. <laughs> <laughs> what, what have you done now, Liz? <laughs> what have I done? Well, because I'm very pro-animal rights. Right, of course. And anti-factory farming and I've been very vocal about banning live export and I was helped very instrumental in getting um, CCTV cameras into abattoirs so they all hate me even the arable farmers hate me I could see that being a really successful episode of first dates from hell <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean like for like for like me a with a red yeah. face <laughs> 
farmer in Wellington. I mean, come on. If there's a commissioning editor of Channel 4 listening and you're looking for a spin-off, come on, that's the one to do it. <laughs> That'd be an okay. amazing film. And then what is, what is the one thing, if you could transplant one thing from London to where you live, what, what would, it, would it be? Selfridges. <laughs> yeah, no, I can get on board with that. Yeah. Every year, yeah. I mean. It, it, with the champagne bar and everything. It, My husband and I used to pretty much live in Selfridges before we had our daughter. We'd just go and laze it, around there. It's pretty much as magical yeah. as church, really, isn't it? You feel like you're it is there. my church. Yeah, it is. I have solved many a, a, a difficult dilemma. No, life without selfridges yeah. is like sex without foreplay. <laughs> it's a it's life worth not the lo- same. Stop worth living. It's just not the same. <laughs> okay, so the petition to move a selfridge. Is there not? Is there not a selfridge anywhere near you? Well, there might be one in Leeds or yeah. Manchester or somewhere, but it's quite a long way away. I was going to say that's it. still quite yeah. away. Wow. Helicopter? Oh no, doing that. I don't like. Helicopters. They're a bit dangerous helicopters. Yeah, I don't they? like them. Don't get me no, started. Don't get James don't get me started on, on helicopters. I get very yeah. nervous about helicopters. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on, on that lovely note, <laughs> I don't think I I, I I don't Hoover outside. That's <laughs> you, all I've yeah, got to say. Yeah. Joe is the yeah. probably the normal person. You're probably also going. Who are those two freaks? I will, I will take outside. a dustbuster out to the car. I'll do that. You draw the line there, though. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, well, look, thank you, Liz, for, well, first of all, for just making me not feel like such a weirdo for hoovering outside. Uh, and thanks for joining us. Um, good luck. Not that you need it with your book. Uh, may your column Eight continue for stone. many yes. more years to come. And um, as we said, do check out Liz's very, very funny podcast uh, available wherever you listen to us. And I also at www.mailplus.co.uk. That's the best place to go. Yeah. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you again very soon. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.